Hello, today we have Dr. Bonnie Wims from Wims and Associates, a counseling psychologist who has a virtual practice working with adults, helping them find ways through difficulty by providing unconditional support. We've invited Bonnie to talk about mental health and the importance of taking care of ourselves in a three-part series. And in this first conversation, Bonnie will talk about validating ourselves that everyday life is hard and we are often our worst critic. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. So what is one of the top things that we can do for ourselves around mental health? Well, thank you for having me. I'm really, I love talking about this topic and I love spreading um, information uh, to try to help people help themselves because then believe it or not, the one number one thing is that we're our own worst enemy. So our self-talk often can become very judgmental and negative. Um, I run into this all the time with clients where they're talking about their emotions and at the very, in the very next second, they say, I know that sounds stupid, or I know that's not smart, or I know I shouldn't feel that way. It's, it's like we berate ourselves for having our feelings. And that just creates a really uh, terrible loop that uh, keeps us stuck in our, our negative emotions. So stopping paying attention to what we say to ourselves about how we're feeling, really trying to catch how we uh, invalidate ourselves is, is really important because we can start helping ourselves understand that our emotions are valid and that, you know, the fact of the matter is if we feel bad, we feel bad. And there's a, there's a real um, comfort actually in validating that emotion and making ourselves understand that um, the, those, those emotions are real and not something that we need to sort of shame away. Well, that sounds good. Um, but what if someone is feeling resistant to looking at themselves and being open to change? Well, that's really common. Um, and I get it because change can be really hard. Um, a lot of our negative thinking, a lot of our challenges with the way that we think about ourselves have developed uh, into sort of habitual ways of being, um, you know, knee-jerk reactions to the way that we feel about things and then the way that we talk to ourselves. And people will come to therapy and say, I'm just the type of person that, or I'm not the type of person that can change. They, they state it as if these feelings um, and the negative emotions are hardwired in our brain. But the fact is that no one is born stressed. No one is born depressed. Uh, we learn to cope from the people who raised us, you know, our teachers and any significant relationships we have in our life. So being open to change is actually challenging this learning. So first, it's like recognizing that we've learned some things maybe that aren't so helpful and then tuning into that to try to help ourselves uh, understand that we can learn something new. So what if you've convinced someone on this podcast that it is worth it to do this work for themselves? How do they do that and where do they start? Well, I'm a psychologist, so naturally I am uh, pro-therapy. I believe in therapy and I certainly believe that it's worth um it's worth someone uh, going to therapy if it's possible. But I know reality is, is that therapy can be very expensive and difficult to access. Um, not everybody has a good insurance plan or insurance plan at all that covers it, which is um, 
don't get me started. That's my soapbox. But um, I do know that you can search for good community support in some areas. Um, During my original training to become a psychologist, I worked at a women's community center. And as a trainee, I offered um, therapy to women who came to the community center at a reduced cost. So there may be things like that or different charities around that offer therapy at a lower uh, price. But, you know, there's I used to be kind of anti self-help books, but I I'm very particular and picky about the ones I will recommend. But there are some good evidence based books out there that use research data to then um you know, really clarify for people how they can help themselves. And we can put a couple of recommendations in your show notes if you want. Um, and then you and I talked before this about kind of the explosion of apps. So if you have a smartphone, there's some really good self-help apps out there. You and I talked about the one called, I think I am where you can set how often um, it will send little alerts of positive messages to you during the day, which I personally love. Um, but there's all kinds of things out there. Uh, the happiness project, there's all sorts of apps out there that really can help people, um, stay aware of what they're saying to themselves and help them fight the negativity. That is so helpful because like you said, not everybody has access to therapy or, uh, have the, the funds for that. So, um, there are so many, um, things out there for us. Yeah. Would you like to add anything else? Well, I'd like to say, uh, remind people that the common symptoms of depression um, and even anxiety are um, apathy and fatigue. And so we find that we don't care about things as much as we normally would. And we feel tired, even if, if we've rested. And the mistake that people make is that they believe that they're thinking that comes out of that apathy and fatigue, they believe it. So I like to tell people depression lies, it lies to you, because it tells you that you're not worth it. It tells you things won't get better, tells you, you know, what's the point, but it's lying. And the the symptoms are what's talking to you. So I just want to remind people, if you are feeling low, if you do feel like, um, you know, nothing can improve, it's, it's, it's more the symptoms than the reality. And that's something to just stay hopeful that if you do get help in any support ways that you can, that you really can and um, people do get better. Thank you so much, Bonnie. You have given us a lot to think about and some practical ways to practice self-compassion. Listeners, please tune in to part two. The topic is what happens when we don't practice self-care and how does this stress and strain affect us? Thanks, Bonnie. Thank you.